We have recently been introduced to a group of like-minded people looking to escape the state and build a remote permaculture community. We don't know the people well, and this is new to us, but they seem intelligent, insightful, and driven uh, by a pursuit of freedom and resilience. Question one, what are the common mistakes to avoid when building a community like this? Uh, how do we set up for success? Question two, we watched the uh, Finding the Right Land part one with Rob. That was the one we did at the, uh, when I was in Alberta, we, at the Sprung House there, Rob, um, and loved it. The rest uh, of the series still coming. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we, we should probably pick that up again, Rob. There's probably more we could do now that you've got your contour generator thing happening too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what, what do you think about that? So um, I would say I should probably just start with my bias. Um, my bias is that starting communities is a bad idea. Um, and so, and, and there's lots of reasons for that. Not because I'm from Alberta and, and, um, I'll leave that one at the, on the table. But, um, the, the thing is, is that like we have established norms and contracts and, uh, and a financial system, Australia is similar in this regard. And so if you want to, um, start a community, um, depending on whether it's going to be rural, like a larger piece of land or a smaller piece of land, at least in Alberta, we have a ton of small towns that are dying right now. Like you can buy a house for $4,000 in certain parts of this uh, province. And, um, and if you decide you don't like it, you can put it back up on the market and you can walk away from it. But the minute you start creating contracts to co-own land with people, it gets very complicated very quickly. And so you gotta be really careful about that. Um, the other thing that I would say is that, um, um, I lost my train of thought. You might have to step in there and add what you're thinking about Dakota. I'll, I'm sure it'll come back to me. Sure. So the, the I, first off, I, I, I also want to, um, well, I, I want to, uh, agree with what Rob said, but I also want to say like living in communities is, is probably one of the hardest things you can ever do. It's also probably one of the most rewarding and it's also probably one of the, one of the most important survival uh, or, or um, uh, yeah, survival things that you could have because people are just are so valuable to have as resources. And also to say is like, Rob, you're also kind of starting a commune your, yourself right, <laughs> right now. So you can't really say that you don't, you don't want to have people living on your, on your property. Well, you, that that was the other thing I was going to say is like, before you start a community, <laughs> confirm that you can live with your mother-in-law first. Yeah. So. And so, but the, the, what, everything that Rob has said is, is absolutely true. Uh, Rob and I've done, uh, uh, I don't know, a handful of consulting jobs with kind of community groups like this. And most of them have either disintegrated during the consulting process when Rob <laughs> and I started to kind of poke questions like, how are you doing this? You know, uh, what's your exit clause? You know, how, uh, who makes decisions? Uh, things like that, like within like a few weeks, everything just falls apart. Um, and then the other ones have just fallen apart shortly afterwards. However, there are existing, you know, land sharing uh, cooperatives and things like that that have existed successfully for uh, long periods of time. I would reach out to them to to get their, uh, you know, the resources and and figure out how they've how they've done it. But I personally, the I like what, where Rob was going was this idea of how do you create kind of all the benefits of living in community with, with none of the downsides and as much optionality as possible. And so, yeah, take over a small town, you know, go in, uh, find a small town that's in an agricultural region. Everybody buys a little, you know, half acre lot in the town 
and uh, and then you you buy a quarter section right next door, and you're done. It's like, yep. and then like the, the core section is owned, you know, collectively or everybody pays rent to that or something like that. But you all, you all have your own property. Um, uh, and so you secure, cause like shit happens, you know, you, people get sick, the, you know, people, people die, things, things happen. And it's, it's really difficult when, you, when you're tied to the, um, this, you know, this, this bigger thing. And also uh, like our, our culture has developed to the point where like in individualism, I think is an, is an essential part of, of who we are as a, as a, as a species and to live in, in, to go back to living in like a tribal way. I don't think most people can, can do it. And I personally don't want to do it. Like I, I like being able to have a little bit of autonomy over, over, you know, uh, at least some part of my space and, and to not, you know, have to <laughs> have Bad. to make, every decision in a, in a kumbaya circle. So um, like <laughs> running, running through the flower fields, holding hands and singing yeah. naked. And yeah, I, I, I've toured a lot of these permaculture communities and they've always been a gong show. Um, it, often it, it's a strange thing too. They're often, there's sort of a matriarch in place or some kind of guru or something. And yeah. um, relationships always get screwed up. If people aren't married or have kids in there, it becomes just a, a big, I don't know what the polite way to say it is, but people screw around and it causes massive drama. Um, so there's other, there's other ways. Dakota touched on it a little bit is, is take over a small town. I mean, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, I, I, I'm not publicizing where my land is because I don't want everybody knocking on my door like they do when I <laughs> place in Kelowna. I'm getting tired of that. But, um, you know, look at areas that, haven't changed in a long time. You know, for me, um, I'm really, I, I, I really am opposed to the whole sustainable development in the, in the, as, as referred to in agenda 21 and agenda 2030, it's far from sustainable. It's basically just a, you know, a new technocracy. And so when I'm, when I'm looking at places, when I was looking for my land, I was looking at places and towns that didn't have a sustainable development plan. So townships, municipalities, and in, unincorporated areas that don't have a sustainable development plan don't have progressive city councils because progressive just means regressive in my opinion and so looking at those things and then and then getting people into a region so you don't necessarily have to all be on the same land because there is a lot of technicalities there that when when the rubber meets the road and say okay i've got this 400 acres and and if everybody just chips in 50 grand we can do it I've been trying to do that for years. And when the rubber meets the road, when it's time to put the cash down, that's when everything falls apart. So it's easier just to do it, go do it yourself and, and do it in a place where there's room for other people to come around buy the lot next to you or whatever. I just had that happen with a good friend of mine who bought the lot next to me and, um, you know, set yourself up for optionality in the future. Don't go into the hippest little town in California where everybody wants to be uh, and expect that you're going to be able to have people move into that area because it's, it's high demand. You want to be in an area where there's no demand. You make the demand. And so, I, you know, yeah, buy, thing, buying land as a group is very, is very complicated. And like you could re replace the word land with business. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's really easy to get into a relationship. It's, it takes a lot more intelligence to figure out how you're going to get out of it. And, um, and you have to figure that out before you do it. The, the thing that I've seen 
that is the most um, sad thing that I've seen in these communities is when people want to sell and they want to basically liquefy their assets. Yeah. And all of a sudden the whole community has to agree upon who's going to buy that asset. So now not only do you have to go through the conventional sales process, you've got to list it somewhere, but you've got to have to have a consensus from the rest of the people that are living on that property about who's going to buy. Like you have no agency over your resources anymore. Um, versus if you own your own piece of land, you can liquefy those assets as required. And hopefully somebody moves in. That's cool. That, that doesn't destroy your life's work. But at the end of the day, things happen. Like Dakota said, you get sick and you've got to get rid of that asset and turn it into something else. Um, you, you lose a lot of the agency in a community setting. Yeah. Um, and, and like I live in kind of redneck Alberta. Um, and so one of the things that kind of um, I was concerned about moving into kind of the rural areas of our province. We're kind of like the Texas of the North. Um, and I've been dropping off gifts to all of my neighbors. Like my, we make gingerbread houses around this time of year. And so every one of my neighbors has gotten a gingerbread house for me. Um, even if you don't agree with everything that your neighbors do or think or whatever, like if they are less quote unquote progressive than you, um, which is a pretty cocky thing to say, um, they have tractors and they've got equipment and they all, they all live by this ethic of the land, whether they, they, they probably have never put words to it. Um, but last year um, I was swear to God, I thought Corb Lund was going to show up on my driveway and start singing truck got stuck because I got my truck stuck and then I got my tractor stuck and then I got my side by side <laughs> stuck and it was just a total cluster and a uh, neighbor that I didn't even know happened to drive by with his four by four diesel truck I, he pulled me out and then he got stuck and then I pulled him out and it was like a whole ordeal, Hilarious. but there was no, um, it didn't matter that like we were neighbors and that was all that mattered. It was like, I know that one day you're going to have to pull me out. And so I'm going to spend an hour of my life pulling you out because now I have a debt to you. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of community that we're going to need because it's not about building a community on a piece of land. It's about building relationships amongst people and I think that's probably one of the most valuable things that we can all be doing right now in this fiasco that we find ourselves in. Um, the, the whole mask thing and, um, and, and like where society is going, it's actually literally disintegrating uh, culture. Um, and the opposite has been happening out here in the rural areas. Like we're actually starting to be, become, um, we're, we have our own form of solidarity out here. Absolutely. Uh, that's always existed and probably always will exist because that's a, a bare necessity of living in kind of in a remote area. In the country. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's important kind of thing that, I, that kind of popped up for me here. That, so the, the first is like, there's, there's a difference between um, like, uh, like the, the goal, the reason why people want to buy land together as a community is kind of twofold. One is like you get the benefit of working together as a community and you can you can kind of share skills and you know you know many hands makes like light, light work stuff like that but then the second piece is land is really expensive and if you pull kind of your financial resources in particular you can you can buy land together that's the kind of main impetus so the 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 first aspect of that is like is you know actually managing land together versus the buying of land the managing of the land or, or, or working together with this community that can be done as Rob has said and, and Curtis has said is like with everybody can still own their individual property and you can just work together as it makes sense. 
when it comes to actually buying land, um, you know, getting, basically pulling your financial resources in a way that, that isn't through the, the, the kind of standard, you know, fiat debt-based money system, there, there's, there's other ways to do it that don't require you to be in the same bed together um, so that you could still maintain your, your liquidity or something like that. And so this is where, Rob, do you remember what the, the name uh, of that is? It's, it's like uh, cooperative back mortgages or um, uh, that. Yeah, I can't remember the it? name. Yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob Sinclair is his name, but, but basically it's this idea of like, so th there are people in the world who have a ton of money right now, like financial capital, and they are terrified that it is, it is about to evaporate you know, with the great reset or, you know, any other, you know, future scenario where, where this fiat currency is just, everybody realizes that it's the house of cards that it is. And so the, um, it, perhaps there's a way that you can buy land as an individual, but you can, you can pool money from, from a community member who, who, who's really excited about this, this work and, and they want to invest in something that has, that has, you know, real physical value. That's, that's, you know, moving towards the vision that, that they them, themselves are, are excited about and, and everybody wins that way. And, uh, and so like, I, I've done this myself with smaller loans with, with my community. Uh, I've done, you know, uh, like five, 10, and even like $30,000 loans uh, with, with community members. And, and there's people in our community that we know who have mortgaged, I was like, it was like a half million dollar property in Calgary. So th that could be another way um, to, um, to achieve that same function without any of the downsides. We used to call that a community bond. Yeah. Where like uh, people in a community would fund, uh, say the purchase of 50 head of cattle or something. And people, everybody puts in five grand and then they get a poor, they get product for a certain amount of years and then they get their money back at the end. There's different ways you can structure it, but you can do things like that. There's, there's, a, there's just got to be creative, you know, yeah. there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of options. Um, and it, it's funny too, cause I mean, yeah, this is, everybody's thinking about this right now.